Sail on the horizon's got a landfall rendezvous. Captain steers a well-known course. He steers a straight and true. As he trims the sheets, he sings a song he learned on boats and bars. The sailor spends his Christmas in a harbor neath the stars. He's traveled through the doldrums, typhoons, and hurricanes. He's logged a million soggy miles with water on his brain but christmas is the season better suited for dry land he'll tell some lies meet some spies and dance barefoot in the sand a sailor spends his christmas in a harbor on the hook Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Song Lines and Tan Lines podcast, a place to take a momentary break from your day-to-day routine. Those returning, thank you. The support is appreciated. Those new to this podcast, welcome. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. And the song that opened the episode this week is A Sailor's Christmas from Jimmy's album, Christmas Island. This week, I will finish up a zombie Christmas, and like I said last week, it's a story about one man, a zombie apocalypse, and his idea to save Christmas for the children in a world filled with walking corpses. And this is my Margaritaville. Like I said, it's been a huge success for me. Bunch of reviews, bunch of five-star and four-star reviews, some of my best sales ever, so it's been a big, big hit for me. And if you want a little zombie Christmas cheer, swing over and grab your copy today. But let me put this out there. If you're squeamish or have children listening, a word of warning, some of the stuff in this story may not be for you or your little ones. Cover up their ears with a stocking if you want to keep listening or come back later when they are not listening. Just a heads up. Let's get into it. The zombies shuffled about. They were just doing their zombie thing, unaware of the danger lurking nearby. Mike, Fred, and Jim inched closer to the mall, eyes alive and guns ready to fire. The zombies noticed them and began to shuffle in their direction. The men held their pace, slow and steady, as the zombies started to hoard together. A soft snow was falling. The ground was turning white. The zombies bunched in tighter, started to surround the men on all sides. Fred looked at Mike, waiting for the go-ahead. Mike held up his hand as the zombies moved closer, packed in tighter. Jim bit his lip, scared beyond belief, but trying hard to hang in there. The zombies were now so full and thick around the men that they were almost hard to see through. Mike glanced at his two friends and then screamed, Shoot! Light them up and let them fall! 
Fred smiled and then started shooting. Mike followed a second later. Jim kind of just stood there a moment before getting in on the action. Their shots echoed out into the day like thunder and blasted out across the Raleigh city streets. As zombie heads started to explode and blood started to splatter. When Mike saw an opening in the horde, he screamed, Go! All three of the men made their way as fast as they could through the horde of zombies, dodging, grabbing hands, and deadly bites. Across the parking lot towards the broken entrance doors of the mall, they ran, still shooting, still firing, still exploding zombie heads and splattering blood. The men rushed into the mall and paused instantly, a synchronized stop. Mike had left a kerosene lamp sitting on one of the tables nearest the door. He grabbed it and turned it on, flooding the food court with light. Holy shit, Mike, you didn't say it was this bad. Fred replied, trying not to draw attention to them. It wasn't the last time I was here, Mike replied, keeping his voice low. Jim gulped hard and thought about making a run for it, back to his home, back to his comfort zone. He looked behind him. Zombies were starting to come in through the broken doors. And then he looked forward again. The food court was stuffed with zombies, shambling about, and they were now coming in their direction. This was a noble idea, Mike, but maybe... Maybe shit, we all have to die sometime, Jim replied, cutting Fred off in mid-sentence. He raised his shotgun and took off running towards the crowd of zombies, coming in their direction. He blasted five of them in the face, splattering blood and brains, and then continued shooting his way into the mall. Mike and Fred didn't hesitate as they took off behind him, blasting their way through, just like Jim. Upstairs, Mike screamed. Jim turned and ran towards the dead escalator, with Mike and Fred close behind. He tossed away his shotgun, and as he climbed, he started to knife the zombies, filling up the metal stairs. Mike and Fred reached the escalator as Jim reached the second level. He looked down at Mike and Fred as they kept firing off rounds, splattering the walls and floor with fresh zombie blood. Mike and Fred climbed quick, jumping and leaping over the dead zombies clogging up the escalator as they continued to move forward. Mike pulled out a key from his pocket when he reached the second level. He raced over to the toy store doors as Fred and Jim took aim back to back. Zombies came from all directions as the men blew out brains and scattered pieces of flesh. Mike unlocked the glass door and slid it open. Come on, it's open, Mike screamed as he popped a few zombies in the head that were too close for comfort. The men hurried inside. Mike slid the glass door closed and locked it tight. The zombies huddled up against the glass, but couldn't get in. The men, now tired, caught their breath and tried to relax. Did anyone get bit? Mike checked himself with the light, and then the other men. Everyone was somehow okay. That was insane, Jim replied. You did a real good job out there. Thanks for helping us get here, Mike replied, putting the kerosene lamp down so he could see what he was doing. I just kept the kids in mind. That got me through it, Jim replied, dropping his backpack on the floor. He took a seat in a nearby chair, and then he asked himself, why was there a camping chair just sitting in the middle of a mall toy store? He looked around at his surroundings. Been busy, Mike? Mike turned on several small kerosene lamps and lit up the kerosene heater. The mall had been without power or heat for some time now, so it felt like the inside of a freezer in their small confined space. 
The kerosene heater was sitting in the middle of a circle of camp chairs, so each guy could sit around it and warm themselves. Nearest to the chairs were sleeping bags and a cooler that was stocked with non-perishable food and water. When did you do all this? Fred asked, dropping his backpack and taking a seat. I had the bags at home because we used to go camping all the time, the chairs as well. The only real problem I had was the heater and the lamps. I was able to find them close by in the back of a grocery store. I guess nobody would think to look for those items there, Fred replied, as he watched the zombies press up against the glass. Do you think we're safe in here? For as long as we need to be here, I think so, Mike replied. It still seems amazing to me that it has all come to this, Jim replied, watching the zombies just like Fred. Like I said before, it's a lot worse now than it was when I first started coming out here, Mike replied as he got up and walked over to the cooler. He slid it in front of the guys and popped it open. It's not much, but it'll keep us going until we leave. The man ate and drank for a moment as they watched the zombies press against the glass and shuffle about. One of them shuffled by with the Salvation Army stand draped over his neck. It looked like he had walked right through it and then continued on without realizing the obstruction. He jingled and jangled, spilled change, as he moved about in his zombie-filled world. The men smiled. It broke the tension and fear of the day. I guess they started early this year, Mike replied. Usually I don't see them ringing bells and asking for change until after Thanksgiving. I saw the Salvation Army out in front of a few department stores before all this started. I thought it was kind of early for them, but I guess with how bad the jobs were before the zombies, more people just needed their help, Jim replied as he opened up some hard beef encased in plastic. Looking back now, tough economic times have nothing on a zombie apocalypse. Seems kind of silly we were even concerned about it with the way the world has turned out. It really does, but a lot of things seem that way now, Mike replied. The men took a momentary pause and ate in silence, their bodies warming by the heater, their nerves returning to normal. What about guns and ammunition? Fred asked. I'm about empty. Mike, without saying a word, got up and made his way to the back of the store. A few moments later, Jim and Fred heard wheels rolling across the tile and looked towards that direction. Mike appeared in the light, pushing a large cabinet on wheels. It was red all over except for the lid, which was black, and the handles that were silver. Mike propped open the lid as Jim and Fred came over to investigate. What they saw amazed them. Got you covered, Mike replied, sitting down in a chair. How in the world did you amass such a stockpile? Jim asked as he reached in and pulled out a brand new double barrel shotgun. He checked the chamber. It was loaded. You outdid yourself, Fred replied as he picked up a machine gun with a loaded clip. I'm not sure we can carry all of them, but there's plenty of ammunition and plenty of weapons to choose from, Mike replied. I scavenged most of them from my trips back and forth to the mall. You'll be surprised what people leave behind when they get killed by a zombie. Fred picked up a set of throwing stars and a couple of knives. Crazy haul, Mike. I honestly just found, grabbed, and tossed them into the cabinet when I got up here. I'm not even sure what is in there anymore. How did you get the cabinet upstairs? Jim asked, taking a seat and warming himself by the kerosene heater. He laid the shotgun over his lap and watched the zombies pressing up against the glass. Did he hear it crack? Or was it just his imagination? He figured it was just the nerves talking. 
and focused in on his conversation with Mike. But his eyes kept watching, and his ears kept listening. If the glass did show the slightest signs of breaking, he would know it in an instant. The elevators were still working at the time. I rolled it into one of them, and to the second level I went. A lucky break, Fred replied, as he took a seat and put his head back. Sometimes a little bit of luck is all we need, especially in this world, Mike replied, eyeballing the zombies pressed against the glass. How about we rest a bit, then collect the kids' toys, pack up for the morning, and then we'll take turns on guard duty. Sure, Jim replied, as Fred let out a long snore. They both looked over at him. I'll watch. You rest, Mike. You sure? Sure. Wake me up in an hour or so, Mike replied, closing his eyes. Will do, Jim replied, and then pumped the shotgun. He eyeballed the zombies and listened for cracking glass. Time passed. And once they were up and rested, they rounded up the kids' toys and packed everything up for the morning. Once finished, they drank and ate, relaxed, and just tried to get their mind focused for Christmas morning. Zombies shuffled outside and one jingled and jangled, still spilling change while he shuffled about. December the 25th. Around dawn, Mike's watch alarm went off. He had been napping on guard duty while the others slept. He stretched, got the men stirring with an easy breakfast, and then it was time, time to get back to their neighborhood and deliver the presents. They suited up in their cold weather gear, loaded up with as many weapons as they could carry, and then made their way to the back of the store. Okay, guys, Mike replied, a hand on the door handle that used to let employees and delivery guys enter and leave the store. I haven't been out back before, just the front. I don't know what is lurking, so when I open this door... Be ready to shoot first and ask questions later. Fred nodded. So did Jim. Here we go, Mike replied. Then he turned the handle. He pushed the door open, and the cold morning light greeted their face. In front of them was a metal landing, black and shiny, covered in snow, and no zombies. Mike stepped outside and turned to face the stairs that led down to the ground, with his gun pointed forward. He motioned for the guys to follow after him. One by one, they stepped out into the cold and onto the snowy landing. So far, so good, Mike replied, then looked out across the parking lot where trucks used to load and unload. There were no zombies out and about on this Christmas morning, at least not in the back. Why didn't we come this way the first time, Jim asked, looking around. We would still have to come through the front parking lot in order to get here. I figured it's best just to come in the way we did instead of risking everything to get back here, Mike replied breath white in front of him. Makes sense, Fred replied. If the zombies hadn't been so packed against the glass this morning, we would have left the way we came in. That's the one part of my plan that hasn't worked out, but I always have a plan B, Mike replied. Let's quit talking and go. My feet are cold and my body's numb. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get done so I can get home, Fred replied. With his gun in front of him, he made his way down the icy, snow-covered metal stairs. After you, Jim replied, ushering Mike forward. Mike followed Fred, and when both men reached the ground, they stopped. Jim joined them a second later. Still zombie clear, Fred replied. But when we turn the corner of this building, all hell is going to break loose, Jim replied. So be it. Let's just get to stepping, Mike replied, and started moving forward, taking the lead once again. The men made their way to the end of the building, turned the corner, and left the mall in the same way that they had come in shooting and popping zombie heads, 
clearing a path as they ran. The going was slower this time because of the toys they were carrying in their backpacks, but the men were able to keep their hands free, so that made the shooting a lot easier. Once they were back in the neighborhood, they split up and followed their delivery routes. They made their deliveries with a tap on the door, a drop off of the presents, and a ho 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 Merry Christmas for good measure. It wasn't an easy job, and it wasn't a lot of fun either, but they were able to make it work because they knew they needed to. Oh, I almost forgot. I didn't mention this. This is the best part. Ready for it? Okay, here it is. Each man was wearing a Santa suit when they delivered their presents, complete with fake white beard and fake white hair. They all had stopped off at a local gas station a little more than halfway back to the neighborhood. This place was set up like the toy store with food, water weapons, and the three Santa suits. No one was forced to wear them, but they all went along without complaining. I wonder what it would be like to see three gun-toting, zombie-killing Santas running down the street, popping off zombies as they made their deliveries. I'm sure it would be a sight to be seen. When the men finished their delivery run, they made their way back home, and their Christmas day went like this. Jim, stripped naked, checked himself to make sure he wasn't bitten, cleaned up, and then downed a full bottle of whiskey. After finishing the bottle, he pulled a blanket over himself, and slept deep into the next day on the couch in his living room. Fred didn't bother with checking himself for bites. He instead went into his living room and turned on some loud, heavy metal Christmas music. He left the Santa suit on as he drank beer, headbanged around the room, and just got wasted. At some point, he just passed out, sleeping most of the night and into the morning flat on his stomach, beers littering the living room. Mike crashed down in front of a roaring fire, and fell asleep with the picture from the mantle in his hand. He left the suit on as well. The Christmas tree was splashing and sparkling all over the room as he slept the peace of a man who had just done a great task. His dreams were filled with Christmases gone by, happier times and happier days. December the 26th. In the afternoon, a knock on the door woke Mike up. He went to answer it, and when he opened the door, Jim was standing there holding a shoebox with Jim's name across the top of it. Another box is lying at Jim's feet, with Mike's name across the top of it. Mike leaned down and picked it up. Thank you notes, Jim replied. What? Somehow they gave us all thank you notes. Jim and Mike went in and took a seat. They began to go through the boxes. How did they do this? They didn't have time, did they? I guess it's a Christmas miracle, Mike. Or maybe Santa really is hanging on just like the rest of us. Both men froze and looked up at the ceiling, towards the sky. They both then looked at each other. They didn't speak, but their look said this. Did I just hear bells jingling above the house? Did I hear what sounded like a sleigh sliding off the roof? It couldn't be, they thought at the same time, and shook the impossibility away. The men turned back to their boxes and began to look at the notes. Most of them were scribbles, drawings, and thank yous all done by a child's hand. It brought tears to their eyes. This was a true Christmas miracle, and a Christmas that none of them would soon forget. The end. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. You can hear my voice talking about music on the Audible Ecstasy podcast, and talking about horror on the Nightlight Tales podcast. And if you want to support me and this podcast, you can buy one of my books or short stories 
slap a tip down on the bar on my Ko-Fi page, or become a Patreon patron and receive early access to new episodes. Check the show notes for all that information. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you do enjoy what I do here, don't forget to rate and review this podcast once you finish the episode. And the song that will close out the episode is Christmas Island from Jimmy's album Christmas Island. Take care. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Let's get away from sleigh bells. Let's get away from snow. Let's make or break some Christmas, dear. I know the place to go. How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? How'd you like to spend the holiday away across the sea? How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? How'd you like to hang your stocking on a great big coconut tree? How'd you like to stay up late like the islanders do? Wait for Santa to sail in with your presents in a canoe. If you ever spend Christmas you will never stray for every day your christmas dreams come true